Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Four Feathers Podcast. I'm your host, Giannani. I'm joined tonight by Patrick Comiskey, Ron Luce, and Tony Marchese. Time to crack them and get caught up on the hot, well, hockey. That was totally intentional on your part, wasn't it there, Nani? <sighs> yeah, so unfortunately, Blackhawk season's over, boys. Um, it sucks. We haven't talked, you know since we were probably about a week or so out from that actually being official. So it sucks that the Blackhawks are not participating in playoff hockey this year for the second year in a row now. But uh, it is still an exciting time as there's big news yesterday with the draft lottery. And then it's always just a fun day. Um, it feels like Christmas morning a little bit, watching all these games going on at once um, for the first night of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So uh, how are you boys doing tonight? terrible not too bad that could be worse you know the this it still stings it sucks for me but yesterday was just such a huge bump that i was not expecting so i think we need to jump right into that the blackhawks had an 8.2 percent chance at selecting in the top three when the lottery uh, you know, top three came in last night. The Hawks ended up getting the third overall pick. So when the 2019 draft rolls around June 21st in Vancouver, uh, the Hawks will be up in that top three board there. I mean, Stan Bowman, you know, says it's a game changer. You know, that's where you find the elite players. That's where they usually come from. And then there's also a little bit of a mystery to it. If you remember the last time the Hawks selected number three overall, it was Jonathan Taves. 2006 and then we also currently have another number three overall pick on the team and that is dylan strome granted that was to arizona uh but he was a number three overall pick and i think we kind of saw him come to a little bit more of that form maybe not fully there yet um but definitely taking strides in the right direction so what's just your initial reaction to this let's go around table well, I, I got a little story, so maybe I can start off really quick. So I was actually walking home from the train, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm streaming it on my phone, and I'm like, "All right, here we go, here we go," you know, and I'm about a block away from my house. And 15, we got the Montreal Canadiens, perfect. Arizona at 14, Florida at 13, and I'm not even kidding out loud. I'm like mumbling to myself. I'm like, Minnesota Wild, Minnesota Wild, Minnesota Wild. And as soon as Daly flipped that card, and it was the Wild logo. I legitimately screamed bloody murder in the middle of the street. Thankfully, there was nobody around. Otherwise, people probably would have tried to take me to the hospital and then enter me into a psychiatric ward because <laughs> I was so excited. Just like, yes, let's go. Running around screaming. I get up to my front door and I'm like fist pumping at my front door. And my mom's like looking at me like, what the hell is going on? And I whip the door open. I'm like, the Hawks got a top three pick. Turn the TV on. Um, so to, to, to say I'm excited, I think is an understatement. Yeah. To your point. I mean, the third overall pick has been, been good to a lot of teams in recent years. Uh, a couple other good over third overall picks I can think of off the top of my head include, uh, a one Leon Dreisaitl who's become an excellent player, uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. So, you know, a lot of good talent up there and, you know, I think we'll get into a little bit more later about who could be that number three pick, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is where you expect teams to draft elite players. So uh, even just the the opportunity to draft an elite player is huge for this team right now because that could really be the difference between, you know, a five-year rebuild versus like a three-year rebuild. Right. And did you guys see uh, right before the 
before they started picking the balls, did you guys see that little thing on Twitter where the people were saying that the top three got leaked and it was going to be uh, the Rangers, the Devils, and the Hawks? I, I, did, I didn't see that. I did. I did, did. See, I did see something because I was I was actually out. I was at my daughter's volleyball game, and I'm just scrolling through Twitter, and I did see something where somebody saw on the screen they already had filled in who the top three were, and I believe the tweet pad said something like, uh, "It looks like a top three pick for Chicago," and none of the other picks had been made, but you saw who those top three were. Um, so I did, I did catch that. I, I didn't really know that it was leaked at that point in time because I wasn't following everything that was going on. I thought we were already there. And as it's, as I started to put it together, I noticed that that was a little preemptive, um, for, for what was going on because then I started to follow Elliot Friedman as he was announcing the picks as they would go on down. So, um, I did catch that. Yeah, and it, like the initial reaction was just kind of like, "Oh, I'm sure that's bullshit," and you know, someone made something fake, and then you see it actually happen. It's like, "Holy shit, we just got we just got some uh, we got a gift from the ping pong gods." So, I think it's really exciting, and uh, we'll see what they do with that pick. But man, I you know, the Hawks needed a break, and they got one. So here here's how I feel about this is. I... I'm really happy that they got into the top three, but I feel like there is so much room now to screw something up with this number three overall pick. Because when you look at this draft class, and yes, like Ron said, there's been a lot of number three picks that have been franchise changing. I don't know if you get a Jonathan Taves type player at number three here. I feel like you kind of have to get that guy at one or two. And I now think that you run a risk of picking at number three and maybe getting, and nothing against him, another Dylan Strome type player. Somebody who's not right. going to be, somebody who's not going to be the greatest player, but serviceable in your lineup, probably provide some offense. I don't think they're going to go D here if they keep this pick. But I feel like this number three overall pick might not be, you know, something that's as huge as obviously what the one and two picks are going to be. But I just don't know if you're going to see that big of a difference in the number three here versus the number 12 pick in this draft. I really don't. So I I, I don't want to say we have fool's gold here, but I feel like there's also a lot of room to screw this up whether it be holding on to the pick and selecting somebody who's just really not going to pan out or by trading the pick and missing out on somebody who, who does pan out. And I feel like there's a lot more pressure now on the Blackhawks to execute with the number over number three overall pick than there would have been at number 12. So I feel like there's a lot more pressure and I just don't know if I completely trust Stan Bowman and co to come through and make the right decision here. So that's that's kind of where I feel. There's there's just a lot more pressure. Yeah, so definitely all legitimate concerns. Um, one thing that I wanted to bring up, you know, so I said about, you know, Jonathan Taves in 2006, Dylan Strome at number three overall that's on our team right now. But, you know, you go back a little bit further, just three years before Jonathan Taves, we had the three overall pick, and we took Cam Barker, and that never amounted to shit. So... 
I agree with Tony's comment about this could be a little bit of a fool's gold. Um, but you also brought up a couple of those scenarios, Tony, about who's actually going to be the prospects to be selected. Are they going to pan out? And then also the option of do you use that as trade bait? You know, I, I, the, with the top two here, I doubt anyone would want to move off of that. It's uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see, and we'll see how these things play out because um, there's definitely still some more hockey to be played in between then uh, for more evaluation further on these guys. But we wanted to get into a little bit of a preview of who could be selected and who we would like here. So you want me to just read off some of these guys and we can talk through them one by one. I know there's a little bit more to be known about uh, the top guy here and then the others are digging a little bit deeper into the board. Um, but each of them have something that makes them unique that we have highlighted here on our topic sheet. So I think it's worth talking about. Let's start with uh, the Russian winger. He is the consensus number three overall by Sportsnet Canada. And his name is uh, Valsily Podkolzin. He is a 17-year-old, 6'1", 190-pound Russian winger. They say he's got, you know, high character, really high compete, good work ethic, makes him kind of like a complete package. Uh, But there's also been some drawbacks saying that this kid may take a little bit longer to pan out than some of these other guys here. So, uh, Ron, I think I think you had said you'd watched a little film. You want to jump, go start and jump off on this for us? Yeah, so our uh, Russian friend, because I'm not going to butcher his name and I would feel terrible, um, but he is, uh, he's a good, he looks good on film. I mean, a lot of his film is U18 film, so he's playing against other kids. Um, against other kids, he's dominant. I mean, he splits D, you know, he gets to the net. Uh, he had one goal in the Gretzky, uh, Gretzky Cup where... I mean, he he legitimately split 2D, got tripped, and still roofed a puck over the goaltender. I believe they were playing Sweden. He looks good. I mean, he looks like he could be a really nice player. Uh, comparisons I've heard all over the internet uh, from various sources include Vladimir Tarasenko-esque. Uh, maybe not necessarily the same sniper level as Tarasenko, but that kind of player where he, can, he finds the open areas and, and has a, a very good shot. Uh, I've also seen, and Tony, I know you'll enjoy this one. I've also seen Marion Hosa comparisons. Um, ooh, wow. Yeah, ooh. I mean, I, the only ah, risks. You're getting me excited. The only risks. So here's the risks I've heard, though, with him. Um, a lot of concern with his KHL contract. He has two more years on his KHL contract. So they're unsure if he would break the contract and come over right away to North America or if he would stay two more years in Russia. So that's something that is certainly worth taking into consideration, picking a player, because if you're taking a guy at number three, arguably you're going to at least give him that nine game tryout window to try and stick in the NHL in year one. And if he's not going to come over year one, you're waiting you know, two years for a top pick to come over. Um, hey, you Ron, know, so not that to cut you off, but here, here's, here's one of those things where I'm talking about that that pressure to make the right choice. Oh, 100%. And you're talking about a consensus overall number three pick who may or may not even officially sign with you. I mean, here's a great chance for the Hawks to just completely blow something. One thing yeah. I have heard, though, and just before I, I don't mean to keep rattling on, but one thing I have heard is although there is uncertainty 
at least toward the end of the day, I had been hearing a lot of that they're very encouraged that he wants to come to North America. He fully intends on coming to North America and that he will break the contract with SKA. So, you know, uh, just some uncertainty with him. But overall, as a player, I mean, he's he's certainly a competitor. He's got that Russian fire. And I think he could be a nice player. And he's I mean, he's a winger. So that's also something that, you know, was worth considering. So that's that's my take on him uh, to to head things off. Anybody else? Any thoughts, questions, concerns? I mean, that's, um, that, that's like I, I, I kind of said my piece on this. I just I'm I'm really worried about this. I mean, at, on one end of the on one end of the ice, Ron, you say Marion Hosa comparisons, and I'm jumping for joy. And then on the other end of the ice, I'm going, if this guy never plays a game in the NHL because he's got this contract in the KHL, doesn't want to leave his family over in Russia. You know, there's a, there's other concerns here. You've wasted uh, a number three overall pick. You've wasted your chance in the lottery. And like you kind of brought up, if you're taking somebody number three overall, you want them to be an impact guy. You want them to at least get something in year one. I know you said he's 17 years old right now. You're probably really not going to see him in the NHL for another year or two, even if his skill is that great. You know, he's going to need some seasoning. I mean, we just talked about how he's playing against other kids. I don't know if that that game translates into NHL ready difference maker, and that's what we want is somebody who's going to come in and be a difference maker here right off the bat. And that's why I'm kind of like still pissed at the fact that the, I, I just don't feel like this number three overall pick is something to get extremely hyped up about versus what we would have gotten at one or two. I know I feel like I'm I'm pissed off over something. I mean, I should be happy that we got the number three overall pick versus number 12 or 14 for that matter. But at this rate, you know, like we just talk about consensus number number three overall, and I just I'm I'm not buying that he's. I just feel like there's too too much risk. Seems like a very high risk, high reward type player here. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I think it, I think if they've done one thing pretty well over the years, even with Stan, it's uh, evaluate amateur talent and draft pretty well. I mean, they've they've mixed in some busts there, but for the most part, you know, they have done a pretty good job. I mean, they were able to get to bring it in the second round. Uh, they've done they've drafted pretty well. So uh, Mark Kelly's been leading that amateur scouting up since I want to say what like oh seven oh eight or something like that. So he's been responsible for building a lot of this core. So I think if you're going to put trust in someone to handle this three pick well, I would say it's probably him. Yeah, there's obviously those big risks there, even with this Russian guy. I think it's always weird with the Russians, because even if you look back at Kovalchuk, what he did to the Devils a couple of years ago when he was just like, no, I'm going to go play in the KHL after he signed that big deal and he kind of screwed them cap wise and everything. So that's a huge risk. If they evaluate him as the best player at three, I guess we'll see if they're willing to take that risk. Obviously you would assume they're going to talk to him and pick his mind on what he thinks about coming over if he's going to be able to do that. So we'll see, but there's all these problems or, all, all the drawbacks here, but they're good problems to have. You'd rather pick a three than at 12. So 
I, I, it's it's something to get excited about because, like I said, they n- desperately needed to catch a break, and they did. So I think, and this really ramps up getting excited for the draft and just keeping hockey on the front burner through the off season and everything. Oh, absolutely! This is a good talking point. Let's let's move on over into uh, some other of these names that we might get here. Uh, who's the next one we got, Johnny? Yeah, we got Dylan Cozens, center. Um, he is 18 years old, 6'3", 185 pounds. Uh, he's from Canada, currently playing in the WHL. Uh, he's got 34 goals, 50 assists, good for 84 points through 68 games. That's what he tallied this season in the WHL Lethbridge. This guy, uh, he's kind of like that number four, number five, if you're looking at a combination of these rankings here, uh, going off of you know Sportsnet, Hockey Prospect, uh, future considerations. So, uh, center with a little bit of more size, you know, six, three, that, that's a little encouraging there. I, uh, I honestly haven't watched too much of his game. Ron, was this one that you had seen any of? Yeah, I, I watched a little bit of Dylan Cozens as well. Um, I like Cozens. I think Cozens is a, he's certainly more of a true playmaking center. I wouldn't call him necessarily a two-way center i mean he plays the two-way game and he does it effectively um i think there's a couple guys in this draft that are also centers that are regarded as better two-way centers than cozens um but cozens is certainly certainly a playmaker he's got a good a good pass um really strong shot um you know he's he's got that nice frame six three can't teach size uh, 185 for being 18 is not bad either. I mean, you figure he probably fills into that frame with another 20 to 25 pounds over, you know, the first three years of his career, puts on some size. Uh, drink some more beers. Yeah, you know, put a little beer gun Crack on him. He's got to do what he's got to do. Um, I think the big, I would say the only quote unquote, and it's not really a knock, just something maybe that I've, I observed. Um, he doesn't, you don't see him scoring a ton from the slot. A lot of his goals come from the face-off dots, uh, come from up high. So I think something I would like to see from him, especially if he's going to play center in the NHL, is him getting into kind of that high slot, even mid-slot area if he's firing shots. Um, he sounds like a Blackhawk already. Yeah. Right? I mean, we don't know how to – what are what is the space between the dots? We don't know how to pass there, and we don't know how to go there. So. Yeah, I mean, his game will fit right in. <laughs> well, and fortunately, I think for you guys, a lot of pre-mock drafts have him going number three to the Hawks. So um, that's that's kind of the, the, the quick synopsis uh, from what I saw on uh, Dylan Cozens. So good player. He, he's, he certainly has the ability. There's no question about the talent. Um, it's just what kind of, of center do you want him to be in the NHL, more or less? There was a comment on this was uh, going off of the Sportsnet rankings. That's also something I wanted to uh, go back and touch on. You know, when you say consensus number three, granted, this is from Sportsnet.ca. So I am just presenting this information. There are different rankings and different, uh, you know, sites throughout this. But um, we're kind of going with this one just to go down a list here and give you some options. So I just wanted to preface it with that. And then there, his comment then, usually there's like a comment about his stature or his mentality or something. This one was his team exited the playoffs early, so there's more to be seen. So we will see more of Dylan Cozens, uh, hopefully see some highlights on Twitter and stuff and share them from the account between now and the draft so we can get a better look at this guy. That's all I wanted to say. But go in and chime in on uh, 
uh, Dylan Cozens here. Not Dylan Covey, Tony. Yeah, I know. All right. So I, I already don't like it just because the name is, is too similar to uh, Dylan Covey. Um, I know hockey doesn't have a Rule 5, but he seems like somebody that you would pick up in a Rule 5 hockey draft. You know, Ron, you talk a lot about his game, and kind of like I chimed in there, um, he's not if, if he's not getting in those dirty areas and scoring those kind of goals, especially at 6'3", 185 right now, you'd think that that would be his space, especially as an 18-year-old getting in front of the net and causing a little bit of havoc there in the offensive zone. Maybe that's something that can get taught, but I think that that's something that the Blackhawks just overall need to do better. You know, we've touched on this a lot over the course of this year. It's like every time we see somebody get down into the slot and they score, it's like, why don't you do this 90% of the time instead of just 10% of the time is what it feels like. So I'm not against taking a center here at the number three spot just because, you know, even if he doesn't pan out as a center, he could probably play a forward position and you can never have enough center depth. We finally are at a, at a point right now where I think we're okay especially at the NHL level for for a top three. But to really fill it out and roll four lines, you do need four of them. So um, if he's the type of guy that can come in and play a third or fourth line center for you as early as next year, and I don't know, Ron, if you think he's going to be ready for that type of thing, but if he can come in and play some center, maybe in Rockford, and then jump in within the next two years and be a, a, a viable center option, I'm really okay with that, but I do, like I said earlier, think he winds up being more of a Dylan Strom type talent rather than a Jonathan Taves type talent there out of number three. But that's my thoughts. Yeah, I would say something. I think he could play up at the NHL level right away because of the size. Um, I don't think he's going to get bullied necessarily. Uh, I was actually talking pre us jumping on the air with Johnny and I had had mentioned Cozens briefly he he would benefit from playing with kind of a gritty winger uh so think a Brandon Saad uh think a um, trading maybe him. maybe you know a Dominic Cahoon um you know those type of guys who aren't afraid to go to the corner and are going to allow Cozens to be that playmaker versus him having to go retrieve pucks. He's not going to be in the Nisimov uh, in that aspect. So I, I think, I mean, and it's just like any other player in the NHL, you know, with the right line mates, they can do incredible things as long as they can play to their strengths. So uh, I think as long as he's put in the right situation, especially at 18 years old, I think he can play up a full season in the NHL. I think he has the talent level to do it. But what do you, what do you think his ceiling is? You just mentioned, you know, he's not going to be going and doing, some of the dirty work he's going to need a dirty player to go in there with him if you're if you're talking about drafting a top tier talent at number three does he profile more as a third or fourth line center and is that the best use of this pick I think long term I think he profiles as a top six uh 100 I think just if you're if you're strictly talking based on what the Hawks have right now and the type of situation you would want him to play in as an 18 year old I think it benefits him playing in a third line role because he doesn't have that pressure right away because they are strong in the top six right now with Strom and Taves um but then that would allow him I mean and we we talked about it in in the chat you know over the last handful of days if you have three top six centers you have a good team, you yep. know, so even if he's in a third line role, quote unquote, you know, if he's, you can essentially flip flop that two and three line as t- the two line, you know, you're in a good situation and he can I mean, he can play, you know, 16 to 18 minutes a night 
with no problem potentially push 20 if you know once he gains a little more strength um you know age 19 age 20 season so it's so early on in the draft process too i think just kind of as a little bit of a disclaimer you know you still got the combine to come you know there's still a lot of moving pieces with the draft that are going to happen so we're going to find out a lot more about these guys and one kind of note i saw on twitter today that I was like, oh, you know what? That's a really good point. You know, everybody's already speculating. Where are these guys going to go? Yes, Barry Kutkaniemi was projected as a, a 15th overall pick in last year's draft. But then because of, you know, late season play, um, I think he played a little bit at the Worlds maybe, uh, as well as the Combine. He shot up draft boards into the top 10 and then ultimately was picked number three by Montreal. So don't be surprised if one of these guys that's right now being labeled as like a 10 to 15 range guy jumps into the top 10 in a lot of people's boards because of what he does in the next two months um, or what, you know, new information comes out or how he tests or this, that, and the other. So just as, as a bit of a disclaimer upon our conversation, I'm sure our discussions now about some of these guys are going to change by the time the June draft comes along. Yeah, absolutely. That's one thing that I just wanted to put out here. We are just rolling with some of these top names that are being considered at number three right now. So this is definitely going to change. We are definitely going to keep coming back to these guys and adding new guys to the mix um, as they you know, prove themselves to be in this mix for that number three pick. On to the next one. The only defenseman that's in this uh, little group that we have here, Bowen Byram. He is between number three and number six on various rankings. Uh, via elite prospects uh, he's 17 years old uh, six foot even 194 pound defenseman from Canada currently playing in the WHL decent point production 26 goals 45 assists through 67 games for the Vancouver Giants this season so uh, Ron you know too much about uh, Bowen Byram here the one defenseman that's up in this talking range I don't know a ton about him. I mean, obviously, he's he's widely considered the best defenseman in this draft. Uh, there's a handful of D-men that are European skaters that people like, uh, but those guys are probably being projected more in the teens and even the 20s in this draft. Uh, he's really the only consensus top 10 defenseman um, across all boards. He's got good numbers. I'm just looking at his numbers here. I haven't seen any of his film yet. You know, so in the... Uh, this past season, you know, 71 points in 67 games, a point per game player as a defenseman is always encouraging, um, decent size at six foot, you know, he's, he's played a couple of seasons now, big jump in points from his last year's totals, uh, where he played 60 games and only had 27 points. I, I mean, here's the thing though. And, and this is just my disclaimer. I mean, they've taken so many defensemen already over the last couple of drafts as it is. And, if you want to draft a guy at three who's going to make an impact this season, the defenseman in this class specifically is not the way to go. Um, really in any class, it's very rare to find an 18-year-old defenseman who's ready to jump into the NHL and make a true impact. I would say the last defenseman that really did that successfully in the NHL in recent memory was Aaron Ekblad. You know, he came in, was a 40-point defenseman for the Florida Panthers, and then ultimately won the Calder Trophy. So... It's very, very rare to see an 18-year-old D-man jump into the NHL. So I think he projects well from everything I've heard about him. I don't know a ton about him, but, I mean, after the amount of draft picks the Hawks have spent on defensemen, I don't know if that's necessarily a wise move at number three. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. agree. <laughs> I don't want I'm a with defenseman. You. I'm with you. I, Let's I, just... Just... I mean, if he's truly, truly 
in your scouting report the best player on the board, and it's got to be a by a long shot, sure, but I doubt that's the case. And I just don't want another defenseman. They don't okay. have anything forward-wise in the pipeline, and you got it. Now you're at the top, top three. You're looking at potentially getting a top-line winger down the road. I think you got to cash in on that. Stan's going to draft this guy, isn't he? He'll, no. He'll do. Full uh, prediction. <laughs> No, Stan's gonna stand. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> move, down to, move down the list a little quicker here. Center Alex Turcutt. He is projected to have the best two-way game in the draft class, but he has been hampered by injuries. So we are gonna pass on him for now. Um, but he's 18 years old, uh, 5'11", 189 pounds. You know, his numbers scream two-way. 23 goals, 30 assists through 30 games so far. So decent point production, but hampered by injuries is not something you want to hear on a draft board. Um, on to the next center, Trevor Zegras. The comment that struck me uh, since we're on a Hawks podcast says, think Patrick Kane in terms of puck handling and playmaking. Wow. Granted, via Sportsnet, that's just what they say. But that, I mean, that just jumped out to me. He's also from New York. He is. There it is. That's the pick. We can stop talking about him. Then if that's the case, it's Patrick Kane. Yeah, right. And at center, too. Um, six foot 166. This guy's skinny, man. He's He's light. He can move. That's what I'm seeing right here. I haven't watched anything on him. But I'm just looking at this profile here. 52 assists, 26 goals. If Sportsnet's saying that he's Patrick Kane-like in terms of puck handling and playmaking, I could see this kind of being the kind of profile that shoots up a draft board a little bit. I don't know about you guys, and Johnny, you kind of hint at it, like, you know, that that sticks yeah, out. I, That's the kind of guy that if he shows a little bit of something between here and the draft, I wouldn't mind that because we're looking for that offensive difference maker. You know, just think about another guy who can set plays up and – you know, especially play a little bit of center. Uh, I like this. I like this a lot. Yeah, that might be uh, one. Like if you're trying to hit a home run, maybe you know you take a uh, high risk, high reward kind of guy. I was actually in a little downtime there. I was I went back and started reading the uh, pre-draft scouting reports on Jonathan Taves, and I wanted to see if anyone wrote anything negative about him to see if we could tie that into this. And literally, no one did. So. They kind of hit that one right, but they everything on Tay said that he was the safe pick. It was like that you are taking the you know exactly what you're getting, and it's going to be good. But you know maybe it's not this home run pick, so it makes me wonder. Now, obviously, Stan didn't draft uh, Taves, but it makes you want like are they what's their angle going to be? Are they going to try and take more of a chance here? Or are they going to go the safe route on whoever they believe the safe pick is? Interesting stuff there. So that uh, that was Trevor Zegras, someone to look out for uh, shooting up draft boards or falling, if that may be the case. But we'll keep it updated here. Uh, we got to get to one of Ron's favorites before we have an honorable mention at the bottom of this list. Uh, Kirby Doc, Ron, you and I, you were raving and ranting about him before we got on. So uh, just uh, give me a rundown of him. I'm just going to preface with his profile. 18 years old, 6'3" almost 200 pounds. He's 199 on some, 200 on other sites. From Canada, currently playing the WHL, 25 goals, 48 assists, good for 73 points through 62 games this season with Saskatoon. So, Ron, take it away. 
Yeah, so I'll preface of this guy has been – I don't think anybody can really nail him down on what they project him to be. I see people projecting him as a, a no-doubt top six center. I see other people projecting him as a third-line center. So take that for what that is. But from what I saw, so I watched some of his junior tape, um, literally is a man among boys. I mean – you know, the the height weight screams it. He moves really well for his size. And that's also something I wanted to mention about Cozens. Both of these guys for being six foot three move. I mean, they're not Dylan Strom where their skating was questioned. I mean, these guys can move. They have some wheels on them. Six, three, 200 pounds. This guy goes to the net. About 90% of the goals in his highlight film were scored from in the slot or in front of the net. That's all this dude knows how to do. He's big. Wins faceoffs. He's a right-handed shot, so that's something a little different. Uh, something that would be unique to this center core that they don't have as a right-handed centerman. And you know, his his numbers might be a little deceiving, just from the standpoint of he's not lighting the world on fire necessarily. The WHL tends to be a little tougher of a league, so guys that are usually putting up big numbers in the WHL are either in their second year after their draft year there or. Uh, are overagers, so think a Brandon Hagel, the guy uh, now playing in Rockford uh, that the Blackhawks signed earlier this season. But yeah, man, I I'm really enamored by this guy, and, and I, I I hate diving into just a guy's size, especially in the juniors, because he is just so much bigger than everybody else. But that being said, that to me feels like that translates over well to the NHL because he is already so big. So if you're thinking guys that can come up right now and make a true impact at the NHL level, he's got the NHL size to do that. And he's shown he is not afraid to go to the, to the net, you know, Cozens and some of these other guys against U18 talent who are the same size as them are afraid to go to those dirty areas. Doc is not at all scared to go to those dirty areas. I mean, like I said, he scored about, 90% 90% of his goals from there. He four checks like an SOB. Uh, he had one really nice goal in his highlight film where he just hovered, took away a passing lane, and just roofed a puck over the goaltender. The goalie stood no chance. Uh, I highly recommend going and watching some film on him. Uh, I'm intrigued to buy Zgrass to go watch some film on him, but I think all these guys are, are fun to watch. I mean, it's another way to watch some more hockey even when the season's over. So, um, And you get to learn something new about some of these guys. But, yeah, I really like Doc. Uh, just from a personal standpoint, he's kind of my favorite right now for that number three pick. What's up, Doc? Hey, Ron, I, I was I actually uh, watched a little Doc highlight reel earlier. How is his speed? Is the speed the concern? Because it looked like that he wasn't as quick out there. Did you think that or? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't as quick as like a Dylan Cozens. I mean, Cozens speed, th- his NHL comparison for Cozens was Chris Kreider. So just think that speed and that motor. I mean, that's the kind of comparison that they thought with him. Uh, with Kirby Doc, his comparison was Mark Shifley. So not mm. elite speed, but good speed. You know, this is a guy that's not going to fall behind the play. Uh, I-, I would call him faster than Dylan Strom, for example. Okay. Uh, but I, he's not an elite speed. I mean, he's not got, he's not Connor McDavid. He's not a Dylan Cozens. He's not a Jack Hughes. He's not a Capo Caco. He's not one of these guys. But I think he's got at least, you know, NHL average to maybe slightly above average speed. He's not going to get lost behind a play. He's going to be able to keep up with a play, lead a play, um, you know, and then take advantage of his opportunities and find the open areas in front of the net. I'll take Mark Shifley for sure. So if that's the comparison. Hell yes. You're getting, yeah. 
yeah, that comparison there, um, that's definitely something that excites you there. Kirby Doc, definitely one to keep out for, uh, one of Ron's favorites. So we're going from the biggest to the smallest here now. Just an honorable mention. We're not going to dig in too much, but if the Hawks would have stayed at 12 there, uh, a guy that potentially was on the board would be Cole Caulfield. Said that he's the best pure sniper in the draft, uh, but the size will scare teams and likely make them make him a first round value pick. He's five seven hundred fifty five pounds. So, what's the first name that comes to mind, boys? The Brinket, the Cat. Yep. Uh, just had to give an honorable mention for that. Not he's not going three overall. Uh, I'll just preface and say that. But you know, I, I just had to say that. You know, he's in there. Someone's going to get a nice pick later down on that draft board. Here, here's my here's my question for you guys, though. Does he end up with a better career than whoever we draft at number three? Just quick here's hit this. answer right here's, here, yes or no. Here's the tinfoil hat from Tony. Yep. Oh, let's say no. Just not, not to. I'm, I'm going to say no, but you know what we've seen from Debrinket is yeah, kind of who knows. Who knows? It, 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 you never know. You, you, you'll never know for sure. I mean, Cam Barker was a three overall. You we guys are taking the. You guys are taking the like the scapegoaty answer here. I just need a, a Pat. You were good. You said you said no for the sake. I'll of say everybody. no. You okay? No, Ron. I say straight up, absolutely not. Okay. All right. That's I just don't want to face. feel sad about this. That, that's it for our prospect uh, possible number three rundowns. We'll see whoever comes onto the board and uh, profile them and then also keep up with these guys going forward. Um, would you trade the pick? Let's just go round table really quick. Would you trade the pick and what would it take for you to do that? I So when I first seen that they got the three pick, so you know that you're not getting the top two guys, and then after those top two, it's a, it's a fairly sizable drop-off. My original thought was let's trade that pick maybe try and go get a top four D man. But uh, the more I think about it now, I'm not as into trading the pick um, because I don't think that you're going to get the value back that um, would warrant trading a number three overall pick. I just really don't because I think teams are going to be enamored with those two top guys. And after that, they unless someone falls in love with one of the guys we just talked about, I don't really think you're going to get that value back. So I would almost rather and especially how depleted the Hawks are at forward in their pipeline, I would really just like to take whoever you believe is the best forward at three and put them in your pipeline because you're going to need these guys moving forward. Unless someone blows you away with a trade, and I'm talking really blows you away, I think I'm just going to hang on to it and make the pick. How about you guys? I'm saying yes. If you could package something like an Anisimov plus your number three pick rather than giving up like a – uh, Yoki Haru or somebody else that's really high value that you've already selected in your first round, I'm okay with moving it if it gets you a good return. Again, it, it, it all comes down to return. And like I said earlier, there's a lot of pressure with this. Stan can blow this in one of two ways. He can make the wrong selection, or he can trade this away and get completely fleeced on something where you know one of these guys turns out to be you know, an NHL star. So, um, you know, if you get good value, like you said, Patrick, yeah, absolutely. You, you trade it. Um, this is a good opportunity either way, not only to do something detrimental to the club, but change the course of what we're going to see here over the next two, three years of Blackhawks hockey. So I'm okay either way, but I'm still almost more on that, that trade for, 
a top four D-man if you can get him. As long as you're not giving up too much with this pick. Because I don't think this pick alone gets a deal done that's going to be good enough to return the value. You're going to have to give something with it. So I'm actually totally on the opposite side of your thoughts, Tony. Um, I am not in favor of trading the pick. And the only reason I'm not is because I don't think you're going to get the value for this pick. You know, we've seen in years past how many top five guys come out of these drafts. Um, you know, I know, I know we've talked and kind of not knocked on him, but just admitted like Dylan Strom was a number three pick in that draft and didn't really pan out to become a number one franchise center. The next pick in that draft was Mitch Marner. You know, there's, there's plenty of talent that's up at the top of these drafts. It's just, it's so early on right now. We can't fully tell. And I'm willing to take that crap shoot at the beginning rather than try and trade it because you're not going to get the value you want for that pick. It's just nobody's going to pay you for that because, quite honestly, this is the type of pick that you could fleece a team with and that you should try to fleece a team with if you are, in fact, going to trade it. But I want I don't fuck a top four defenseman. I want a top two defenseman. I want a guy who's guaranteeing me 24 minutes a night, at least 35 points and is going to be a perennial player on my team for years to come. Plus. And that's just for the pick. You know, maybe if we go plus, 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 and I need to throw in a little sweetener, think maybe a Nicholas Bodan or something of that nature, fine. But nobody's going to do that. That's the problem. And I and I think a big reason for that is, is because you have the top two who everybody is just putting on a pedestal and you hear the, the ha behind those two guys. And then it, it is everybody else right now because they are so – close in in terms of talent from three through really that nine to ten range all these guys could kind of be interchangeably picked so i think from that standpoint you're not going to get the value you want just because there's not a legit number three guy but you can really hit a home run with a guy who could come out of the woodwork or that they fall in love with and he fits the the team's game you know maybe like kind of what we were joking about earlier dylan cozen's if he comes in because of his style of play and he fits with the team and they gel and he, you know, he becomes a perennial 30 goal scorer with this team, all of a sudden you're like, wow, thank God we didn't trade that pick. I I would I would almost rather take the chance on the pick, draft a guy and him not be a franchise player, but a, a legitimate contributor versus trading the pick and just being absolutely bit in the ass by a guy who becomes a, a franchise player for somebody for years and years to come. Uh, so I am not in favor of trading the pick. I am, however, in favor of trading a future pick and potentially a prospect and an Isimov to get that top four defenseman that we all want, though. So, But that's a question uh, that I'll save for another episode. My thing is kick the tires, see what's out there. If someone's really, really, really enamored by someone at the top of that draft and they're going to overpay you, you maybe pull the trigger on it, but for a straight, if I had to give a straight up answer, I'd say no. Let's roll with what we can get at number three. That does it for the first part of this episode. We got to get to an ad break. When we come back, we'll get to a little bit of prospects, how they're performing in their playoffs and their respective leagues, and then some Stanley Cup playoff talk. We'll be right back. We're back. It's episode 26 of Four Feathers. It's me, it's Tony Marchese, it's Ron Luce, it's Patrick Comiskey. On to some prospects really quick here. Uh, they have some playoffs going on in their respective leagues. Dylan Sakura scored an OT winner last night for Rockford. 
Adam Boquist is tearing it up. He's got nine goals, three assists through eight games for the London Knights. Uh, Mackenzie Entwistle is actually going up against Adam Boquist up in that OHL playoff series. He's got three goals and five assists through eight games for the Gulf Storm. And then Nicholas Bodine, who Ron had just mentioned a little bit earlier about possibly being trade bait. Uh, but he's got two goals, five assists through eight games for Drummondville in his playoffs. So uh, that does it for what's still going on with the prospects. We'll retweet any of the videos, uh, highlights that we can find of them in their respective games. So, all right, we released a nice blog earlier today. Thank you, Patrick Kamiski, for organizing all of this. It was really well put together. If you haven't seen it yet, you can go check it out. Roast us for it. Uh, say if you love it, whatever, and let us know. But that is on fourfeatherspod.wordpress.com. You can find it. It is the first featured article on there. So basically when we went through, we went and gave a rooting interest for each of us and then did predictions for the first round uh, series. So you can go through and check out who each of us had for there. There was It wasn't all just straight group think one thing. Uh, everybody had some unique predictions, which was great. And the game started tonight. So uh, what? first of all, just say your rooting interests, and then um, we can get into a little bit of the games right after that. I, I like the bunch of jerks from down in the Carolinas. Yeah, I got Winnipeg. You just got to love that whiteout so much. It's awesome, and that's where my rooting interests lie. Go, Avs, go. I had the Calgary Flames. You can go and read our reasoning behind each of these in that blog, and then that way you know who to tag when that team gets upset, when they get knocked out, or if they do good, and you can root along with us. So feel free to interact with that and give us who your prediction are and who your rooting interest is. Uh, tonight, tonight's game started. Uh, how about the Jackets making a hell of a comeback? They're down, you know, three, three nothing. Uh, score four unanswered and come back and win that game. Old Tony, friend Artemi Panarin assisting on the game-winning goal there. Tony, can awesome. I just can I just say that it looks like your prediction has been thunderstruck for that series? <laughs> hey, you know what? Let's. Uh, you too, Rod. Hey, hey, let's let's let's. Pipe down over there. It's early. As long as I get the winner, we'll be okay. Same here. Touche. I just, I, I, I had a poke at it. I mean, I, I couldn't resist. <laughs> and as the only member who didn't have this series being a complete blowout, I'll tip my cap. And as I do that, fucking Tampa Bay will probably come back and win the next four, and it'll be over in five. But for now, I'll fucking gloat my prediction. I'm telling you, Bolts in five, guys. Go read the article. Bolts in five. Yeah, Columbus is going to make a little noise. Yeah, so Tony and I had bolts in four, so that was bold. Um, I thought it was bold in there, but you know, um, I got ahead. I, I had to have one there, and that was my most likely one. So um, I think it was probably my White Sox reference that did him in. Ooh, yeah, probably. It's, it's probably just bad. Why. It's just bad karma it all around at karma. this point. So for what's going on right now, the goddamn blues ended up beating winnipeg tonight it's so hard to watch nashville and st louis in these playoffs guys uh, fuck them both yeah but... you know what here's my thing especially the predators. it's so hard for me to watch these playoff games when the hawks are out of it and watching like like you guys said nashville and st louis like i hate those teams i hate them so damn much and just watching those series, I, I don't know if I can put myself through some of that 
just nastiness and watching their fans celebrate every time they win. It's literally like sticking a dagger into my heart. And I just, I'm, you know, I, I have enough abuse when I watch most of my teams play that I can't go out and watch those series in particular. So I just hope that they go only four games regardless of, of who they're playing and, and who ends up winning. I just want those over because the more games those teams play, is it's just bad for my health. That's why I like to just go off to the Eastern Conference and kind of watch those games instead because it's just it's it's better for me, especially if the Hawks aren't in it. Playoff hockey's at its best when the Blackhawks are in, and that's just me being a Blackhawks fan. I can't I can't do that to myself watching those teams. Them's the facts. It's hard. Like Patrick had mentioned earlier, um, I wish that those two teams, Nashville and St. Louis, had met in the first round so they could absolutely destroy each other, beat the hell out of each other for seven games. But unfortunately, we didn't uh, get that. So uh, I know you guys had some Blues predictions in yours, uh, had some high hopes for them, but I think we were kind of all in agreement here that we want to see uh, um, Winnipeg win that series. Um, I, I had to bring one up. You know, all, all of this stuff is in the prediction blog. But then I was thinking, as Tony was talking there, you know, you talked about the series that you're actually like watching or like really paying attention to. What's your favorite series here? What's your favorite first round matchup? Because that what well, we didn't like rank what our, you know, that we just kind of gave our predictions for each. What's your favorite one to watch or that you're going to watch? Because not all of them started tonight. So those can be included in here, too. All of them. Yeah. So going into it, I thought it would be Winnipeg and St. Louis, and it still very much is. But. At Islanders, game one was awesome. That one was really good, and I expected, I predicted that one to go seven games, so I thought it was going to be a good one coming in, and I really think that might be the series to watch going forward. The Islanders, in the regular season, they uh, they kind of tighten things down defensively big time. They didn't give up a lot of sh- shots on goal. They did tonight, but they still weathered the storm and found a way to win. Um, it's always nice watching Crosby lose, so... I think that's another one that I, I think we all probably have a common rooting interest. I don't think any of us are rooting for Pittsburgh. So um, I, I think that's the one I'm really going to start watching uh, full force now. As, as stupid as it is for me to, to come back and double back, but I think that the best series out of here could actually be the Winnipeg Jets and the St. Louis Blues from an interest standpoint. A, because it's easier for me to get behind the, the Jets and, and root against the Blues. And not only that, just... I think that the Jets can play a really physical game. I kind of hinted at it in my blog. And I just want to see Dustin Bufflin just absolutely destroy people. Um, so that that would be really fun, you know, if if, if Big Buff can come out and, and just cause havoc for the Blues. So there we go. That's, that's probably what I'm going to tune into the most, even though it's going to piss me off if the Blues win. Yeah, I think uh, from a what I think will be the most entertaining series standpoint, I, I think I'm in agreement with uh, Mr. Kamiski. I think that Islanders Penn series is going to be incredible based on how tonight's game went. I mean, I surprisingly, I actually don't hate the Penguins. I think part of that is just because one of my best friends is a Penguins fan, and I Ouch. I appreciate the talent that they have, and I enjoy watching the talent that they have. I think they play a very similar game to what the Hawks play in just terms of that speed and. You know, they're not going to play bruising, but they're going to they're going to win games. So I think they're fun to watch. I think that series is going to be an incredible series, though. I think the one I'm going to watch just for sake of entertainment (laughs) and it has nothing to do with 
my rooting interest in the article, but I'm really interested to see how the Hurricanes match up against the Capitals because the Caps were very good all season, but this Hurricanes team looks good, and they did not get enough. I mean, they got the national coverage because they're the bunch of jerks and the celebrations, but like from an actual games being on TV standpoint, they weren't on nationally a whole ton. You know, you just saw the celebrations after they won, and you saw a shit ton of celebrations. So that should tell you something. They won a lot of games. You know, so I'm I'm intrigued to see how Peter Mrazek holds up as a number one in the playoffs, and I'm intrigued to see how that team comes together and plays the defending Stanley Cup champion. So I think that's the series I'm going to watch with the most interest personally. Hey, we got a live update. Crack them because the Stars just beat the Preds. One, yeah. 3-2 is the final there. Uh, Dallas came out on top. Best I, love seeing, I love seeing angry Nashville fans. Um, first of all, they don't they, they don't know shit. They just like got to act like they're pissed off. Um, they don't even really know what they're mad about. They, that probably, they probably think they still have the fourth period to play yeah. tonight, so they're probably not aware the game's over. Yeah. I'm sorry, so Ron, I, I, I'm sorry I, I, Ron, what I'm, what I'm about to say here, because Ron's not going to like this, but the Nashville Predators fans are the Cubs fans of hockey. <laughs> Yikes! I heavily disagree. I would, <laughs> I would call, the, I would call the Nashville Predators fans the New York Yankees fans of mm. hockey. No, not at all. For reference, if you haven't gotten it yet, Ron is the only Cubs fan on Four Feathers here. Patrick, Tony, and I are all diehard White Sox fans, so that's where those comments come from. I got to get my series in. I am most excited for uh, Boston, Toronto. I had predicted. I think I had predicted. I think it was six games that it's going to go with uh, Boston winning it. But you know, I I can actually see with Tavares there. Uh, Matthews is just unreal. You got Marner. You got Nylander. You got all these. You know, the star power on Toronto. And I was just like commenting to these guys earlier in the group chat. Momentum is just so huge in hockey. You get a few goals, and you are just rolling. All right, now, granted, that kind of slowed down for Tampa, but I almost think they scored them too fast tonight. Uh, that's what kind of did them in, and then, you know. But then you saw it the opposite way. As soon as Columbus got, you know, two goals on the board, they were just absolutely moving. So um, I, I think that one's just going to be fun back and forth. Bruins are a high-energy team. Uh, the Leafs are a high-octane team offensively. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. Uh, that blog is up. Our predictions, go and check it out, fourfeatherspod.wordpress.com. Uh, let's wrap this up. Closing thoughts. Quick thing from me right here. A tweet that I just saw it came out two minutes ago from Obscene Alex. It says, attention Predators fans, be sure to attend Saturday's game early. We're excited to announce a banner will be raised commemorating the scoring of two goals in today's first game one loss. <laughs> so if you're a Nashville fan, make sure I you get to them. Bridgestone a little bit early for Saturday. They will be raising a banner um, in in memory of the two goals that were scored tonight in game one. My closing thoughts are go Dallas, go Avs, and that's really all I've got. Don't screw up the third pick, Stan. That's all i got to say. Yeah, I think from a Blackhawks perspective, certainly keep an eye on all the draft coverage uh, that's going to be coming up over the next two months. Uh, the those those rankings that we we shared tonight on a lot of these guys like Cozens and and Doc and uh, our young Russian winger friend, you know, they're they're going to shift quite a bit. I think the only two that are going to probably stay consensus before this is all said and done are one and two, and that's Capo Caco and Jack Hughes. 
but definitely keep in keep in tune with that as a Blackhawks fan because uh, there's a very good chance that one of these guys is going to be a big, you know, hopeful big part of the future to build this team back into a playoff team. So uh, keep in tune with us here at Four Feathers. We'll we'll keep you guys updated as much as possible, and and certainly with NHL.com, they're going to have a lot of great coverage as well. So yeah, and I have two closing thoughts. Um, first of all, and I forgot to I forgot to mention this earlier, and I forgot to uh, write in in that uh, playoff prediction blog. Uh, going to that Boston and Tampa or Toronto series, I can't wait for the latest uh, Freddie Anderson meltdown. You know it's happening. He does it every year. That's one reason. I don't think you should trust the Maple Leafs because Freddie Anderson's going to do himself, <laughs> and he does it all the time. And then secondly, with sticking with these playoffs, just enjoy them. These are, these are the greatest playoffs in any sport. This is the best time of the year if you're a sports fan, if you love hockey. These are awesome. Today, trying to watch four games all at the same time, basically, was incredible. I got three tabs open on the laptop trying to watch them all. It doesn't get any better than that. So, And I think if there is a silver lining to the Hawks missing the playoffs, and this is about as dull as a silver lining as something can get, um, I think I pay more attention to the playoffs when the Hawks aren't in them because watching Hawks playoff games just takes so much out of you that you really don't even want to watch the rest of them. Now you can just tune into all of them, and there's not that pit in your stomach while you're watching them. So while the Hawks aren't in, it's not great. You know, Just enjoy it because there's going to be a lot of hockey in the next couple of months. And uh, stick with us because I will be previewing – probably every round with our blogs so we'll keep you up to date on all of the all of the happenings in the nhl absolutely just bouncing off of patrick's thing um i kind of echo that you know it takes a lot out of you watching hawks playoff games let your heart heal just enjoy the hockey right now nhl playoffs are the greatest in all sports like patrick had mentioned and then like ron had mentioned stay tuned right here all those draft boards are going to shift they're going to shift probably weekly um we'll be here to update you as frequently as we can put out some blogs about it, put out some more blogs about the playoffs. And uh, that's about all I've got. We're going to close out how we always do. Let's go Blackhawks or for the draft. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks, baby. Let's go Hawks. Go Stan. Go Stan.